Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You're listening to Colorado Sportscast Podcast. This is the Mortcast featuring Jeff Morton. Now, here's your host, me. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining me again on the latest CSG podcast, The Mortcast. This is your, with your host, me, Jeff Morton. Um, I hope everyone likes the new theme tune. Um, I, I put a grand total of 15 minutes into crafting that, so uh, appreciate the hard work, I, I, I hope. Um, I'm going to talk to you today about an angle that not a lot of people have gone into. As of tonight... Today, the Nuggets have won six in a row. Tonight, they play the Orlando Magic. Um, hopefully, to extend that uh, winning streak to seven in a row. And uh, but looking back at their victory against the Toronto Raptors, and I, I said this, I said this on Twitter in uh, right after the Nuggets beat the Toronto Raptors in what was a really good and very hard fought uh, game. Uh, where the Nuggets uh, lost Gary Harris again, and that people in the in the autopsy of the game, people forget that Gary missed most of the game. I mean, at three quarters of the game, Gary was gone. And I think when they people say, "Well, the the uh, Raptors missed a bunch of threes, and they were out rebounded, and that wouldn't happen again," the Nuggets missed Gary Harris. Um, and really, when you think about it, they've only had Gary Harris for one and a quarter games of the six-game winning streak that they're on. Outside of that, they've been, it's been all without Gary, which has been an interesting twist that I don't think people really, really have accounted for this year. But all that aside, beating the Toronto Raptors is uh, particularly sweet for me, and I'm sure for people in the Nuggets organization, considering that they got the best of Masai Ujiri. Um, while Masai has had the better go of it with the Raptors, Partially due to the fact they're in the Eastern Conference, partially due to the fact that Masai is really good at acquiring talent. Um, it is the way Tim Connolly has had to approach building this Nuggets team uh, is a little different than what Masai Ujiri's had, who's uh, basically tried to extend his philosophy that he had here in Denver from 2010 to 2013 to what he was he's doing now in Toronto. And well, only with a, uh, a slightly different angle on it, because the Nuggets, when uh, Masai came in, were very much in win now. They still had Mello. Obviously, he had to deal with the Mello trade. There was other stuff going on. Uh, it has been a different situation for Masai Ujiri since he has been in Toronto. Um, and I would like to contrast that with what Tim Connolly has had to deal with coming in from basically what Masai Ujiri was doing in Denver to what Tim had to deal with. Um, and I'm going to go to, and this is kind of be, will be kind of an extension of the last podcast. Not that I'm going to be a Tim Connolly fanboy here, um, but I'm going to kind of do this because I'm going to explain why it's so 
satisfying for the Nuggets to beat Toronto, particularly Masai Ujiri, who I like, I know, and I like. Met him, you know, had the pleasure to meet him several times. I know people who are per close personal friends with Masai. Uh, it is nothing against Masai personally, but it is particularly sweet to kind of come back to a situation where you understand that the Nuggets are beating the person who walked out on them, regardless of whether it was legit reasons or not. Uh, Masai Ujiri said sayonara when they backed a dump truck full of money up to his door and left the Nuggets with a situation that was really, really unique. And what Tim Conry had to deal with, specifically since he came into uh, the Nuggets GM situation really, really, really late in the 2013-14 season, um, he had to deal with some really unique circumstances. And... What I would, what I said in the last uh, episode about Tim Connolly learning from his mistakes, I think the Brian Shaw years, even though the Brian Shaw hire was a Josh Kroenke deal, uh, to bet to the best of my uh, knowledge, um, the the rest of that was he understood the the, the signing of JJ Hickson and the signing of uh, Nate Robinson was not a good thing. He adjusted, and you know the interesting thing about this team is there are no vestiges from the Masai Ujiri era left. On this Nuggets team, Danilo Gallinari left two years ago. Wilson Chandler left this off season. Uh, well, uh, Danilo left a year ago in calendar, but this is the second season he's been gone. Uh, this is the first season Wilson's been gone. Um, every vestige of the big mellow trade is gone, and really, what you have left is a team that's entirely has to do with Tim Connolly. And it is a team that is first in the Western Conference as of the recording of this and trending in an upward way that we haven't seen a Nuggets team trend in for quite some time since Masai Ujiri was here. And Masai left a team that had Danilo Gallinari out with an ACL that cost him an entire season. Um, they He left a team that still, for some reason, had playoff aspirations but wanted to try a slow-it-down, triangle-esque style that really wasn't going to work with the players they had. And I think the unique circumstances of what Tim had, Tim Connolly had to overcome have been really interesting to watch it unfold. And you can go back to podcasts that the Nate Timmons and myself had with Tim Connolly going back to 2013, um, noting that Tim... Um, had a different, you know, the, the evolution of what the Nuggets thought pattern has been through the years has, it will be a fascinating listen. Just go back to the first one and can, can, you know, bring it up to the last one I did with Tim, uh, this last summer. It is a, it is an evolution. And I really do credit Tim Connolly for bringing a different thought pattern and for acquiring talent from a team that really didn't tank a bunch of seventh picks, um, Getting that and, and, and acquiring and finding talent that in a circumstance where you weren't going to do what Philly was doing and tank the crap out of it and, uh, and, and developing what it is. Masai Ujiri has really had it gone on a different path because the Toronto Raptors have been consistently competitive since Masai has been there. And I think what Masai has done since he has been there is basically be exactly what Masai was in Denver. Um, sign people, be aggressive. I mean, you should see Kyle Lowry isn't, isn't very happy with Messiah for trading his buddy DeMar DeRozan. Um, but that's what Messiah would do. He traded a very popular 
at the time player in uh, Aaron Aflalo to get the uh, go through the Andre uh, Iguodala saga that blew up in everyone's faces. And I think that that part, it blew up in everyone's faces after a successful season. Let me rephrase that. But, you know, let's face it, uh, anyone looking at the circumstances of of that offseason and the playoffs can understand they did eventually turn into a fiasco. But I digress. Um, Masai has really done a good job. Now, he took a big, I mean, I did a uh, podcast on this after the, shortly after the trade, but Masai is known for gambling. And very similar to the Andrea Godella trade in 2012, um, the Nuggets found them, uh, the Raptors found themselves with an opportunity to get Kawhi Leonard, who there's no guarantee will remain in Toronto. It's an interesting gamble. But coming into it, who would have thought that the Nuggets and Toronto Raptors in 2018 uh, would be the first uh, in their both of their uh, conferences? Who would have thought that? I, I, I personally wouldn't have. Um, I think that anyone who would have told you that the Nuggets would be first in the Western Conference after uh, you know 16 and 7, 23 games, um, I probably they legitimately could have called you crazy, right? Uh, we're a quarter of the way through the season, and the Nuggets are first in the Western Conference. That hasn't been said in years. And it's really cool to see. And quite frankly, at the same time, seeing Toronto way up there and seeing the, the really nice team. Uh, Pascal Siakam is uh, a, a really going to be a really, really great player. That's the Messiah Ujiri talent eye. Um, and... Kawhi Leonard coming onto this team has really made them blossom and could turn them into something else. Well, the same thing with the Nuggets. The Nuggets have existing talent. They really didn't change their team outside of um, no Wilson Chandler, getting Isaiah Thomas, and uh, getting Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. and Isaiah Thomas have not played. The emergence of Monty Morris, um, Mason Plumlee's playing the best of his career right now. Um, they have a defensive approach and it's a different, it's a, just a completely different set of wheels. And it is really, really, and it was extremely um, heartening to see the Nuggets go in, not only go into Toronto, but say, well, we're going to beat you on your home court. 20,000 people there uh, in Canada screaming. And the Nuggets went in and, and stood toe to toe. And it was really fascinating to watch the evolution of this young team. And they are a young team. And they went in there and they beat Masai, who walked away from the Denver Nuggets, but is still succeeding in another place. And it was very, very personally for me, satisfying. There's a there's a picture of me, uh, myself, Josh Kroenke, and Andy Feinstein um, from, like, I think it was 2011. I get my dates wrong, but um, I think it was 2011, early, early 2011. I think it was the day after, two days after the Carmelo Anthony trade. And uh, or maybe a week after it was it shortly after Carmelo was traded, and I'm just remembering back at that time and remembering how different things were and how um, the you know Masai said we got killed after the the Carmelo Anthony trade, which turned out to be not true. So it, it's an interesting uh, thing to look back on for someone who has covered the Nuggets for as long as I have. You know, and, and and how this team has evolved and, and turned into something completely different, and uh, and it, it was a great game to watch, especially as as uh, Nikola Jokic pulled his head out of his butt and played the best he's played for over a month, and uh, that was 
completely, that was one of those things like, oh, and you know, it was like a sigh of relief, like finally, finally. Now we can start moving on to something else. Um, tonight they play the Orlando Magic. Once again, they don't have Gary Harris. Um, and this is something that I'm just going to throw out there. Don't You don't have to leap down my throat, uh, but this is something to just keep an eye on uh, as I take a drink of coffee. Gary Harris has had multiple stretches where he has missed significant time due to injury for the last three seasons, no, four seasons. And going back to his rookie year, um, there's all, he's been dealing with something. And it is something to keep an eye on because I think as long as you have Gary, he's going to be dealing with leg injuries. And I think that his hip problem is not an extension of that, but it is definitely something to keep an eye on when you're looking at the fact that the Nuggets will be having a two, uh, two guard who's going to be missing a more significant time. And, you know, as annoying as it was with Wilson Chandler, as, you know, as annoying as it was with Danilo Gallinari, and it's, it's to me, still, you're looking at that saying, people, players get injured, you understand they get injured, but it does affect the team. And I think that Gary will need to do something in this next offseason to make himself right. And I don't know what he can do. Sometimes it's just bad luck. Um, but he is going to, and for the Nuggets to go to that next level, he's going to have to be able to stay on the court for, at, you know, look, he can't be playing 50 games a year like Gallo was. He needs to be playing, especially at his age, he needs to be playing, you know, what is it? Uh, I would say at least 66 to 72 games a year, you know? And that is, that's something that won't kill your team. And I think the Nuggets have been managing to overcome Gary Harris's injuries. But, you know, it's something that will start to affect him the more time that he misses. And, you know, fingers crossed, his hip injury isn't the Wilson Chandler type, and it's more the Will Barton type. Uh, so... Just just throwing that out there. All right, tonight they play the Orlando Magic. Hopefully uh, the Nuggets keep the streak going to seven, um, and I'll be with you guys soon. Maybe I'll record one this weekend. I don't know. In the meantime, thank you all for joining me again. Uh, if you have any thoughts and questions, please contact me on jmorton78 on Twitter. You can reach out to Nate Timmons at, at NateTimmonsCSG. Um, you can, uh, obviously follow, I mean, uh, that you get all my thoughts on Twitter basically. And I don't post a ton like I used to on my own King of Thornton account, but you know, I'm still there and I will interact with you. If you have any questions, reach out to me and, uh, I will do my best to answer in the meantime. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you guys later. Bye.